and welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Hallowell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we are going to talk about celebrity relationships in quarantine. We're going to go through some selective Olympic memories because the 2020... USA. Yeah, USA. Tokyo Olympics. Not happening. And finally, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do cringe mode camp rock as requested by you, the listeners. You guys, this like, is going to be a really good episode or a really bad episode. Like, haven't taken a sip of water today and hopped up on caffeine. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, first category is Tea Time Checks In With Celeb Relationships. Kaya, our lovely producer, and I were talking before we started recording. This is the only thing we can report on is just, like, who's being paparazzi with who because no one is at any events. No, like, barely anyone is doing anything. So we got some good news. I got some bad news for you guys. Let's start with the bad. Amelia? Okay, I will keep this brief because I know they talked about it on Jam Session, but it it is a little convoluted, but— We're going to talk about Will and Jada because in an interview that rocked the internet, Angela Yee sat down with singer-songwriter August Alsina. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, And he talked about like how he had an affair. He just decided to come out with it. He was like, you know, yeah, I had an affair with Jada Pinkett Smith that went on for a few years. And he this is an actual quote by him. I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation due to the transformation from their marriage to life partnership that they had spoken of several times. And it, you know, not involving romanticism. He gave me his blessing. So there have been rumors about the nature of the Smiths' relationship, which, if you ask me, is completely private. And just if they don't want to talk about it, they shouldn't have to. Totally. But unfortunately, you know, August was like, which I guess is his prerogative to be like, hey, this happened. But anyway, um, so first, the reps for Jada were like, this is absolutely not true. But then days later, she was like, I'm going to invite myself onto Red Table Talk with Will. And so Will sat down with Jada and it was like a 12-minute interview conversation that I watched all of actually. It was, it was interesting. But um, she pretty much confirmed that she had started a relationship with August about four, four and a half years ago. And it started out as a friendship. I think they were introduced by uh, Jaden, her, her and Will's son. And he was August was going through some health issues. So she and the family helped him out with that. And then it the relationship between Jada and August turned more romantic when she and Will briefly separated. And they both made it clear that they were fully broken up at the time. And, you know, he never, they denied the whole blessing thing because it was like, she's the only one who can say I'm in a relationship or not when they're like broken up or whatever. So anyway, they just addressed the rumors. Poor Will looked really puffy and tired. And (laughs) just, you know what? It's it's there, you know. I just feel I like yes, I love celebrity gossip, but this is a little invasive, I thought. Speaking of invasive, the part that I cared the most about, I don't know <laughs> if you guys follow or care about 50 Cent still, but he posted a very private. I've been trying to figure out if it's real or not. I I have reason to believe it it's real because seems why to would, be. Why would 50 Cent like lie or photoshop this? Anyway, right. he DM'd Will Smith on Instagram was like, yo, you all right over there? And then it's like, he said, yes, I'm appreciative of your concern. And then he goes, why did she tell you that shit on a show for everybody to see? Like, he basically starts like getting in it with Will Smith and Will Smith ends and it's like, fuck you, 50. (laughs) 50's like, wait, what did I do? I don't know why 50 Cent of all people is choosing to insert himself in this story and post it for everybody, but he is. He wants our attention and he got (laughs) it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm just like, you know, we're a thruple positive podcast. Alternative types of marriage are fine if that works for you. I just feel bad that they were like forced to take this yeah. quite so publicly because they seem yes. like it's a good partnership between them now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just I'm like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess our job right now is to literally talk about celebrity relationships, but this was like very like specific and yeah. I just felt bad that they had to like air it all out. Hey, my table talk stays being hard hitting like news and our only source of good entertainment this like entire 2020. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Very briefly, but we have to talk about it. Um, Army Hammer and his wife, Elizabeth Chambers Hammer have filed for divorce. They announced their breakup. Um, I think late last week or early this week. Uh, they've been together for 13 years. They've been married for 10 years. And they posted a picture of themselves like when they first got together as like basically babies um, and posted, a, you know, this long statement, blah, blah, blah. So at first there were a lot of rumors about why this happened, whether it was like political. A lot of people on Twitter thought it was political. Um, but uh, some other things have come out recently. There are, I'm not going to get into them because they have not been proven to be true, but there are some screenshots going around Twitter of what may or may not be DMs from Army Hammer and various women um, mm-hmm. that, again, have no idea whether or not they're true, but they have blown up quite a bit and obviously imply that he was not faithful. Um, we don't know whether or not that's true. However, he has hired basically like the celebrity divorce lawyer, uh, Laura Wasser, who has is like just famous for just navigating these huge celebrity divorces. She represented Johnny Depp, Angelina Jolie, Heidi Klum, Ashton Kutcher, multiple Kardashians, Britney Spears, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Jennifer Garner, Christina Aguilera, Mercury wow. Shriver, and Damn. Gwen Stefani. So she can add Army to her list of clients. <laughs> and I'm just bummed that I don't get to see... I Technically, I never saw Army, but I did see the Hammers family at my family market a few... My uh, farmer's market a few times. And they're mm-hmm. so cute. Their kids are so cute. Um, so yeah, this was a bummer for me. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, just uh, honestly, just another one bites the dust. This yeah. reminds me of just Kristen Cavallari's relationship where, like, I don't care about those two as people, and I don't care about Army Hammer and Elizabeth Chambers as people. Mm. But I get sad about the timing, like, to be with someone for that long. <laughs> yeah, and this I know sent people, Liz into a crisis. <laughs> it did. I had, like, a weekly, like, what does it all mean kind of um, crisis earlier this week to my <laughs> tea time pals. But anyway, um, lower stakes bad relationship news, and this is our last one, is that Bill Hader and Rachel Bilson have broken up. They've only been together for about like six, seven months. Um, And the only reason why they were like, it's notable, and we talked about it in the first place, was because back in December, they were photographed together in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where Bill Hader's from. And they were like, oh my God, Rachel Bilson's meeting the family. Is it serious? Blah, blah, blah. Alas, they have split. So um, we wish them all the best and whatever relationship comes next for them. Yes. Okay. Now to the good. Uh, This is, yeah, this is good. Okay. Whoever (laughs) separated this into the good. Uh, Brooklyn Beckham is engaged this week. Very exciting stuff to this woman named Nicola Peltz. Brooklyn is 21 and Nicola is 25. And it's, uh, they've only been dating for a very short amount of time, about 10 months, but obviously they're very serious about each other. And the thing that everyone's talking about, obviously, is the ring. And so normally when celebrities get engaged, like there's all these different outlets that say all these different numbers. The highest I've seen is the uh, dollar equivalent of like $440,000. There are also reports that it's like closer to two fifty to three hundred. Regardless, it's a fucking insane amount of money for a 21-year-old to drop 
on a 25-year-old, um, <laughs> especially with his photography career. Not sure where <laughs> he gathered that uh, amount. But anyway, yeah, it's very surprising. They have not been together that long. They're super young. She was dating Anwar Hadid for a long time. So yeah, crazy times. Yeah, and also, <laughs> although this... They might have not have careers themselves. They were saying that she was an actress, but their parents are not wanting for money. The Beckhams, obviously, but then her dad is like an uber billionaire. Yes. So like right. somehow Brooklyn Beckham like leveled up. Yes. <laughs> he somehow, up somehow he managed to fucking do that. Amazing. Yeah. He is a billionaire and he has 10 kids and it's this like whole long family Crazy. line. So yeah, good for them. Just really happy for a young love here at oh, the time. Uh, next one. Um, so it's the ongoing saga of Ray J and Princess Love. The last we heard from them, you know, they weren't paying the man who found their dog Bugatti, even though they were like, you get 20K. Um, Well, so that happened. And this whole saga continues in that she actually has requested to dismiss her divorce filing from him. So (laughs) they're back together. And this comes after she claimed that he straight up abandoned her and their daughter in Las Vegas. So I don't know if quarantine helped them come back together, realize that, hey, we can make this work. But guess what? Ray J and Princess Love, they're back together. So happy for them. Thank God. I did put that in the good, but that was a stretch. Maybe should have just put that in like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Okay, wrapping up good celebrity relationship news. um, Thanks to Juliette Lippman for sending this to us today. Quavo and Saweetie are profiled in GQ today by Garrick D. Kennedy. And first of all, the photos of them, it's I didn't realize how long it had been since we'd had like a real celebrity photo shoot. We had a couple. The Simone Biles one like blew up for reasons that people were like, this is really bad. Anna Leibovitz is washed. And then there have been a couple other ones, but it's really nice to see just like a really in-depth like pre-quarantine celebrity photo shoot where like they look like celebrities. It's like super over the top. And that is one of these. So photos are great and it's just this really sweet profile of Quavo of Migos and then Sweetie who's um, just like an up and coming rapper and they're at a pool just talking about how much they love each other their whole relationship there are these really cute little details about like her blushing when she's talking about him and like how they're interacting and like their body language towards each other when they're telling the story of their relationship and it's just really sweet and very real and they just seem like they have a really great healthy relationship have you listened to my type by Sweetie I haven't. Should I? It's yes. It's incredible. It's a great song. I liked I love, Icy Girl. Um, well, I love a photo shoot in a pool too. Like there's some underwater pics, and if ANTM has taught us anything, it's that it's actually <laughs> quite difficult to pull off and look attractive in. And they're really sick. This is an yeah. awesome photo shoot. It's great. Highly Good recommend the profile. Yes. Okay. Shall we move on? Next category. Let's do it. Okay. This week in social media slash not worth the tea. Guys, this is where uh, Tea Time's episode will kind of start to go off the rails. So just <laughs> hold tight. Uh, we have a lot a lot to cover. Um, so Kate, start us off. Okay, I have no notes or research on anything here. I'm just speaking from the heart. Um, this week, I would say the biggest meme on social media was that it turns out that everything is cake. By which <laughs> I mean, there was a video that went viral. I believe it started out on TikTok and then it like spiraled into all these other videos where people were cutting open these hyper-realistic cakes and like it looks like it's an onion and then they cut it open and it's a cake. Or mm-hmm. it looks like it's a hand and they cut it in half and it's actually a cake. 
And so people were like, what is happening? Is the Matrix glitching out? Is everything actually cake? So I think it was one of those things where like it wouldn't have blown up if we weren't all stuck inside in quarantine. Mm -hmm. But like all of a sudden the cake meme was everywhere. So people were making jokes about like anytime in movies somebody stabbed somebody else, they were like, oh, they're checking to see if they're cake. It was just like a very nice. concentrated 24-hour period of like the same joke on social media that I personally <laughs> thought was really funny every time. But other people were like, okay, I'm I'm done with this. And it just really dropped off after that 24 hours. It was like, okay, we're done with cake jokes, which is fine, actually. This reminds me of I Am Baby. And like, I didn't understand that for literally months on end. And it was everywhere. And it was kind of like, you were cool if you knew. And like, don't ask if you don't know. <laughs> and I just never really touched it, tried to figure it out. Still is a mystery. I hope this Everything is Cake also just dies as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, next one. Um, okay, sorry. Yes, I just, I'm just taken by the cakes. I, and honestly, <laughs> people are very talented. So shout out to them. You the guys, cakes were impressive. I should they say really that. They really were. I was Props like, yeah, to the cake artist. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay, in really exciting news for me, because I've just been a fan of her for a very long time. Um, Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews, they're old news. Bye, see you later. Uh, <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out. Tyra Banks is the new host of Dancing with the Stars. And I, for one, am so excited because she's kooky and she's going to bring the smize. She's going to bring the drama. She's going to bring everything. I'm so excited. I have been needing her on my TV ever since I stopped watching ANTM and her daytime talk show. Uh, whatever happened to it uh, happened. And so she's going to be back. I'm so excited. I'm just Maybe I will actually watch Dancing with the Stars now. <laughs> My take on this is that you won't have to because all the Tyra Banks <laughs> meme moments will immediately yeah. be shared uh, online because she's yes. so memeable and she's so like people love to make fun of her, but also like love she's her. iconic. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yes. I feel like that's like I told Amelia, I was like, they're trying to capture that like chaotic masked singer yes. energy where they like yeah. need a host that you can make fun of, but the people also love. Right. And yeah, it just seems like it seems like she'll be a big like social media topic. Uh, yeah. She's going to be great. Um, no transition needed for the next <laughs> thing I'm about to say. And it is telling you guys about an Instagram account that is the handle at which guy are you? And of course, we're talking about Guy Fieri. And essentially, it is just a bunch of different pictures of Guy Fieri on this Instagram grid. And then kind of like a word art name imprinted on every single photo of like, Julie and Layla and whatever the <laughs> else fuck it is. And it only has 22,000 followers. And yet it's everywhere on my Instagram. They don't have Liz exactly. They have Lizzie, which Kate said it works. I so sent them it Liz. Work. It says DM us for names. And la earlier this week, I tried to get you on there because I was like, Liz Kelly is Guy Fieri in her heart. And <laughs> you they didn't DM do them? They didn't do it for me. They're probably getting inundated. Rude. This is such a popular account. Yeah. And this is, it's not just Guy Fieri. It's like there have been a bunch of other, like, which Harry Styles are you? Which cursed image are you? Which grape are you? Yes. And it's just like this dumb, shareable thing. Which cat are you? Which I feel like this is one of the more dumb social media trends that have come out of quarantine. It's is really like dumb. blank are you? But which cat are you? You listeners may not know, but the crying at the crying cat meme is one of my favorite photos of all time <laughs> um, and one that I use and will just make me laugh literally 100% of the time no matter the context so I like which cat are you but that has like 3,000 followers like I don't know what we're doing really I also I have to say I can't find Kate on any of these accounts Kate is an extremely popular name that there are weird. so many people named Kate and yeah. I've gone through cats Harry Styles and Guy Fieri 
and like scrolled and scrolled and scrolled and could not find Kate on any of them. What about Katie? <laughs> That's not my name, Liz. Okay, yeah, you're wow. right. Sorry, God. God forbid. <laughs> okay, next one. This is very easy to explain. Um, and it's from TikTok, of course. It's that the teens are dressing up as old people to buy alcohol. And I also think the masks are helping a lot because it covers, I don't know, braces or your lack of laugh lines or whatever gives away your age, (laughs) your wrinkly lips, whatever. Um, And they're actually going full out, putting makeup on, putting wigs on, going with a group of friends, like picking, I think, one of your youngest looking friends and like walking hand in hand with them into the liquor store. And it's working. <laughs> I mean, I know everyone's preoccupied, but like, I I don't know how this is like flying. I feel like I, every time I buy alcohol at the grocery store, I have to like unmask and then they like stare at me for 10 seconds. But the teens are getting away with it. Good for them. Amelia. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They're bored. We're all bored. I understand. We have young, impressionable <laughs> listeners, maybe. Don't buy alcohol. Don't dress up. But I'm also very scared of authority. So don't listen to me. Um, okay. Last one, Kate. All right. This happened uh, yesterday for about three hours, affecting all of the members of Tea Time, I believe. Twitter locked down verified accounts for several hours, sort of on and off. Um, It was like 20 minutes, and then they were back, and then it was 10 minutes, and they were back. And they did this because Bitcoin, someone, I guess, promoting Bitcoin, tweeted from like Barack Obama and like all these other huge verified accounts. And so in order to keep it from happening, Twitter locked all verified accounts and people without verified accounts, which is obviously the mass, the vast majority of Twitter, uh, got really excited about it. And we're like, we're throwing a revolution down with the blue checks, put them in the guillotine. Um, <laughs> and I don't really have anything to say about this, except for if you don't have a secret burner account, I don't know what you're doing, how you're getting your hot takes off. It's not a burner account. I have a secret stan account because what? I don't want to wow. get, I don't want to get canceled. Um, by, Wait. The Can K-pop stands that have already... No, it wouldn't be secret then, Liz. Kate! There's no way of connecting it to me. No one will ever find it. Wow. Um, oh, my but God. But I guess sometimes I got to get the takes off without being canceled by... Do you see? Mostly the K-pop stands. So anyway, what I was going to say was that the, the verified lock did not affect me, and everyone should have a backup because sometimes you just got to tweet. Yeah, Sure. I have a Paul Rudd burner account where I just tweet at him really shitty things. No, I'm just joking. That would be crazy. That's certainly not me. Okay. Next category. Things are only getting weirder. This is Tea Time's very selective Olympic memories because you guys know how we do things here. We're an emotional bunch. We like to reflect on bygone times. And of course, the Olympics, the Summer Olympics were supposed to start in Tokyo right around the corner. It's been delayed a year because of the worldwide pandemic. So we're just going to take a look back, think about past Olympics. Kate and Amelia are both like really, really, really in on this stuff. And then, you know, I just ground people with the facts. So before (laughs) I let the two of them run away with this, I wanted to ask you guys, which is your preferred Olympics? Is it summer or winter? Because summer, you have beach volleyball, like the cycling, diving, swimming, track, water polo, surfing, stuff like that. And then the winter Olympics, you have all the skiing, the bobsled, the figure skating, the luge, skeleton, whatever. So which are you guys, summer or winter? I feel like the easy answer is summer because it's like the celebrity athletes for the most part. You get the Mm. gymnastics, you get the volleyball, you get like the big, really fun sports. Yeah, like the really Mm -hmm. splashy sports. However, what I will say is the beauty of the Olympics is getting really into a really weird sport 
that played by people you've never heard of before and mm-hmm. like caring deeply about them for a week and a half and then like never thinking about them again. So mm-hmm. by those, the, by like that logic, I think the winter is really like has its charms because like, mm-hmm. you know, I could get really into like skeleton luge for like yeah. a week and a half and be like a live or die for like the US luge team and then like yeah. never think about them again because that's kind of like the appeal of the Olympics. Yeah. Um so yeah, I would say summer, but I do I do think winter has its has its charms. And Kate, you fell in love with the figure skaters. I don't even remember their names, but I can see them in my brain as if they're right in front of me. What are those two people names? So my I was my favorite moment from the 2018 Olympics uh, that I wrote about and talked about at length for the ringer.com was Virtue and Moyer, who were yes. the Canadian ice dancers that everyone was convinced <laughs> were like secretly married and had a, like a love child that they were hiding. Just great chemistry on ice. <laughs> just just tearing it up out there. Um, and I got really into them. That was my favorite memory from 2018. And I also just got really into ice dancing in general. I have to shout out friend of the pod, Shib Sibs, who we are also just mm. rooted for mm-hmm. um, quite intensely in 2018. And obviously are now our favorite ice dancers. If yes. you're listening to this, don't get mad at us. <laughs> I prefer you to the Canadians. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the ice skating, although it really stresses me out. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Well, on the subject of ice and skating and all that stuff, um, in 2010, if you remember, 10 years ago, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, go for it. Just I know it's just it's like I I love this story so much and I don't know why it's like deeply embedded in my mind and will be there for the rest of my life. But in (laughs) 2010 at the Vancouver Olympics, Russian figure skater Evgeny Plushenko who won gold in 2006, he took second place to USA's Evan Lysacek. And he was like, Lysacek didn't deserve to win gold because he didn't attempt a quadruple and I did, blah, blah, blah. So he was really just pissed off and he he was feeling petty. So this is what he did because he thought he deserved to win the gold. He put on his website on like evgenyplashenko.com a photo <laughs> of him wearing an Olympic medal that read silver of Salt Lake, gold of Torino, and platinum of Vancouver. He awarded yeah. himself the platinum medal because he won silver. I just, <laughs> that, I don't, how his mind works. Fascinating, <laughs> amazing. And just like, just to be that petty and that upset over like, well, I get it. I mean, it's the Olympics. So, you know what? I love it. Yeah. You do deserve <laughs> platinum of Vancouver, Evgeny Plushenko. Thank you. I actually you remember like firmly rooting against him. He was like the bad boy of ice skating <laughs> yeah. that year. Oh and he had God. like the faux hawk, right? He had like a blonde faux hawk. Oh, did he? I don't know. I think he did. Maybe I'm just just oh. manifesting that. But I do. And and then um, the guy who won, Evan Lysacek, went on Dancing with the Stars and was garbage because <laughs> ice skating is not the same as dancing. <laughs> ice skating is right. emotional, though. I don't know. Maybe it's the Olympics as a whole and, like, the camaraderie and, like, all the people are so just into it and, like, their parents are there crying and screaming in the crowd. Yes. But there's something about all of these sports and the Olympics in general that make me so emotional. I think that's why people also get so attached. Is because like yes. the heart in it is like just addicting. Right. They work all their lives for this. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so, you can't help but root for them, you know? I know. So like we're talking about the Summer Olympics, obviously the gymnastics is something that people get mm. really into, mm. really root for. 
And I think the two most recent summer games both had like teams of of gymnasts from the U.S. that were just like insanely good and people got really into. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Fab Five was, I think, 2012. And then like the final five was 2016, um, Rio 2016. And that was like Simone Biles, Allie Raisman, all of them that obviously did so extremely well. So I want to say, first of all, it was just fun to like watch the whole world realize that like there's never been a human being that can do what Simone Biles does Mm -hmm. with her body like literally in the history of mankind like she like just totally changed the sport because no one else has ever done that before which is just like Mm -hmm. just amazing to think about and I remember watching like those videos of her that would be on Twitter like analyzing like why she was so good and the fact that like literally no one else on the planet can do that which is hell yeah fabulous Mm -hmm. And then I also remember one of the best memes or I guess viral moments from Rio was Allie Raisman's really nervous parents. <laughs> I don't oh, know if you remember, yeah. but her parents would be in the crowd and they'd be like under their seats or like covering <laughs> their eyes, which yeah. is so relatable. And like if, yeah. you're an Olymp- if your kid is an Olympian, like I'm doing that and I'm watching from home. Yeah. Like I literally would not even be in the building. Like I would yeah. not be able to watch. <laughs> they also did that thing where they like kind of do the moves with her. They like know what's coming up right? next. Yeah. They kind of hurl their shoulders a little bit because they know it. They're so ingrained in their brain and they know yeah. the routine. It's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then I also want to say Rio 2016 was really fun for me because it was my senior year. No. Yeah, it was. It must have been one of my last years of college. And we had the IU uh, swim team had a bunch of gold medalists. Um, and so they would come back for some reason the IU like Indiana University swim team is like amazing, I guess, but they would like come up and like show up in bars and like people would chant USA at them. And it was like really fun to be like, Ooh, I would just watch them like with Michael Phelps. And now they're here. So yeah, that was a fun year for the, that was a fun summer for the Olympics for me personally. Um, I just want to quickly on the subject of Olympic swimmers. I just want to briefly talk about America's dumbass. Ryan Lochte, um, (laughs) who I have been kind of embarrassingly in love with since like 2008. He's really attractive, but he is, like I said, he's a dumbass. And um, if you remember from 2016, he and three other American swimmers were embroiled in a scandal called Lochtegate. And when they claimed that they were held up at gunpoint by like Brazilian men disguised as cops, but it was actually like security guards confronting them because they had urinated outside of a bathroom and he had vandalized a frame poster. So it was really their fault and they're idiots. And that was really embarrassing and they should get shit for it because like, how dare you do that and then lie Mm -hmm. about it? And then do you remember when people were like, oh, boys will be boys. But then they're like, Gabby Douglas, how dare you not smile during the the national anthem? I was like, are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? Are you fucking kidting me? Oh, yeah, that's Ryan Lochte, the shit that white shit. men can get away with is just incredible. Literally, but, yeah, well, truly. But um, you know, he apologized. Thank you. I mean, he's still a dumbass. He's he's an idiot. <laughs> he is a true idiot. And um, I embarrassingly find him funny because he does have a catchphrase that he started like in 2008 or something. And it's Jah, J-E-A-H. And I just want to read you like a couple of tweets that just really show you how stupid he is. And just, it's iconic. Um, okay. Oh my God, please. Okay, this is a tweet. I never knew having a banana and then drinking Sprite, you automatically puke. Gotta get my brother to try this. Ha ha. Oh no. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Was he 12 one. when he wrote that? No, he was like 20. He's like 35, 36 right now. So. Oh God. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Um. Okay, this is just a couple more. <laughs> 
Does anyone know the helicopter code? What? There's no explanation. Just just that. So that's cool. And then here is, this is my favorite one. Always reach for the moon because if you slip up, you will still be a star. Yeah. Or hashtag yeah. Wow. I yeah. Ryan yeah has become like part of the lexicon. This was a tri- Ryan Lochte was a trivia answer in a game I played during quarantine, and it was like what yeah. Olympic athlete has like catchphrases yeah. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it! Why is this still in my brain? Why do I know the answer? And you know it. You know it. Yeah. Oh. Also, really quick. Apologies to Evan Lysacek. I looked it up and he actually came in second on Dancing with the Stars. Oh. So obviously I was just disappointed with his performance, but the world was not. So apologies for that. So anyway, awesome. continue. <laughs> yeah, we basically have become obs- like we obsess over these people for a very small amount of time. I obsessed over Adam Rippon. Uh, Rippon. Mm-hmm. Um, figure skater. I still follow him on Twitter. Don't know what I'm going to unfollow. I think maybe I do soon. Too. I don't. I, the, maybe when the next Winter Olympics comes around, it'll be worth it again. But like, yeah, you have these very short-term fascinations and then they kind of disappear, go back to their sport. They're obviously working like, you know, all year round. But yeah. You literally forget about them. I remember when we, you know, as a country and then as the larger internet got horny for these, for specifically PETA, I'm going to mess up his name, but Tau Fatua, who was the flag bearer for Tonga, at the mm. 2016 Rio Games, and he showed up just shirtless, covered in oil, looking <laughs> fantastic. Um, I'm sorry, but the Olympics make objectifying people patriotic and okay, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. He was he's hot. Like he's and not only is his body nice and oil breakouts, <laughs> but <laughs> he has a great face too. He's just a handsome dude. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Wow, that was <laughs> that was rich. True words that. never spoken. I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> I'm good ending the category there. Should we just yep. end on that quote? Okay. Yep. Okay, moving on. The highly requested cringe mode camp rock. You asked, we delivered, we suffered through it. We're going to talk about Truly. just the first movie. Next week will be the second. And then, you know, the extended <laughs> camp rock canon. Because we'll we see. know you all want it. Okay, um, Kate, like always, will you do the honors of summarizing this movie in like one or two sentences? Camp Rock is what happened when Disney Channel realized that High School Musical was super popular and they were like, what can we do that will capitalize off of that success but not be a blatant ripoff? Mm-hmm. So Camp Rock is just like a slightly less subtle but still pretty blatant ripoff of the things that made High School Musical popular. Correct. Um, Demi Lovato goes to singing camp. And Joe Jonas is a celebrity judge, and they fall in love through the power of song. Nice. That was beautiful. Okay, that's all we need. Let's go through some highlights. What is a highlight of this movie, you guys? Okay, so the Jonas Brothers are all in the movie. It's a, it's the focus is on Joe, which actually I think was a mistake. I think Nick has a lot more charisma, but Joe mm-hmm. is like the kind of, you know, heartthrob, whatever. I definitely had a thing for him then, unfortunately, when I was in, what, <laughs> seventh grade when this came out. But Joe's the main character. The the other Jonas Brothers are like comic relief. So they pop in to like talk to Joe on the phone. His name isn't Joe in the movie. It's Shane Gray, but we're going to call him Joe. (laughs) Um, So I just want to shout out underrated Jonas brother, Kevin Jonas. You know, I ride for Team Kevin. Um, (laughs) Except for when he's like problematic in his personal life. But like as a concept, the underrated third Jonas brother, um, I'm Team Kevin. And he just really made the most of his limited screen time. He his, his one-liners were so much better than Nick. He knows his place. It seems like he had to grow a personality because, like, he wasn't 
one of the being two. <laughs> yeah. And I sure. think you can really see that here. Oh wow. Okay. Sure. So I'll props, for him. props to Kev, who I did, I did, I did um dress up as for Halloween. So maybe that's also <laughs> why I have a, an affinity for him. Um. Okay. I also have to say, I was watching this movie. I have not seen it probably since eighth grade, and I had a total blast from the past moment. They do this this thing that I know people on this podcast will not remember because I just feel like you're going to leave me hanging on this, but I know people at home will remember, which is the whatever major loser sign where you like go on your forehead and you do like three fingers up, three fingers to the <laughs> side, three fingers down, and then the loser sign. And it's like, wow. whatever major loser. Oh my God, this was all over my middle school. Like as in you would do it to each other. Like yes. that person to a loser would be like, whatever major loser. Yeah. Like as a joke. Damn. <laughs> Like, mostly as a joke, like, to your friends. But I oh, did, okay. had no idea it was from Camp Rock. Are that you sure it came from- through the halls of my middle or high school? But I believe you. <laughs> no, yours was too cool. But this was a big <laughs> thing in Indiana. Take my word for it. Amelia, Maybe, did you do this? No, I did, like, loser, loser, double loser. I think Camp Rock appropriated from high school or middle school did students. Did they? I think they did. Wow. That makes me feel better then that we didn't just, like, weren't hadn't all seen Camp Rock at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, an, uh, another highlight, and there aren't many, we will say, but <laughs> I have never seen this movie actually. Watch it for the first time. And Demi Lovato just has a lot of on-screen charisma. Such a nice, energetic, like and like infectious smile and laugh and energy when she's on screen. I never watched Sunny with a Chance, more of a Hannah Montana girl myself, as you probably have realized by now. But yeah, Demi Lovato just kind of killed it, I feel like, in this movie. And she's very earnest. And very, you could just tell she was just like really up and coming, like really starting to get her, mm-hmm. like, you know, get the spotlight. And I appreciated by the end of the movie, I thought she was going to stay in her like weird nasally Disney voice the whole time. But by the end, I feel like she fully embraces the actual vocal ability that she has, which is just absolutely amazing. So another huge highlight was just like Demi Lovato's talent in general. And then also got to give credit to the writers making these uh, character names because all-time good movie names. You got Tess Tyler, premium bitch-ass, blonde, snooty, <laughs> mom who's absent kind of character. Perfect for a mean girl. Nailed you it. you got Shane Gray, perfect <laughs> pop star name. Mitchie, sweet, innocent. You want to root for a Mitchie. You know what I mean? Mitchie. really killed cute. it in these character names. Yeah. True. You're right. Actually, in thinking about High School Musical had really good character names too. Whoever was doing the naming at Disney, Disney during Channel. this period, really good. Really yeah. good. And that's about all we came up with with the highlights. <laughs> so let's go to low lights. <laughs> let's go to low lights. This was, I, I think this was like our toughest watch yet. <laughs> including, Liz, do you think including like the worst Twilight movies? Yes. Was this harder for you to sit through? Yes. It was, I think it's just like the inherent awkwardness of like someone singing at you in like a very earnest way. Like there were so many people making just like prolonged eye contact with each other and like singing at each other. I really struggled to sit through that. It was really difficult for me. I don't know how I watched it in eighth grade. I Um, knew it was going to be a bad movie from like the title page on Disney Plus and Kevin looks like he just released the biggest fart in his life. (laughs) Rude. And I was just like, not inaccurate. This is is not going to be good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the fashion and the styling choices in a minute. But yeah. um, my problem with Tess Tyler, which is a great name, she's such a bargain bin Sharpay mm. that mm-hmm. like going from High School Musical to this, she's just like a blonde who's rich and popular and has like minions. But the problem is that she's not 
funny. Like, yeah, yeah. But the reason Sharpay works is because she's really funny. And this girl had absolutely nothing going for her whatsoever, <laughs> like zero personality. Yeah, true. Not to uh, fire more shots, but also a pretty bargain bin, Miss Darbus. Yes. <laughs> As the camp director. I felt like a theater camp director should have a bit more pizzazz. I didn't get much from her performance. I wanted, <laughs> I was left wanting more. And I felt like Miss Darbus stepped up to the plate um, right, yeah. and elevated that performance. So I do yeah. agree. Agreed. The high school musical people like really committed. Other than Demi, <laughs> yeah. other than literally just Demi, I think everyone in yeah. high school musical committed a lot more than the people in <laughs> camp Everyone phoned it in in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Amelia, you also had a problem with the songs. (laughs) I just, I will be honest with you. You know, even through the cringiest of uh, High School Musical songs, I had to fast forward through some of these camp rock songs. I was like this. No, I cannot waste another second of my life listening to (laughs) like Nick Jonas wail on his little, I don't know, microphone. (laughs) It was just, I, it was bad. It was really bad. I felt like the problem was they tried to add too much like pop and techno underneath mm. a lot of the songs. It when, was very produced. Yes. And you just don't you just don't need that, you know? Especially um, for yeah. a camp movie. Yeah. I also felt like the choreography fell flat in comparison mm. to High School Musical because the choreography in High School Musical, they're like on multiple levels. They're like in yeah. the bleachers all the way yes. up. Or like this two-story tall cafeteria quad zone. There's like the bright flashy lights is like white and red and really poppy. Yes. And then in Camp Rock, they're like under a wood cabin fluorescent lighting. They're all on one dance floor, which I get is like much more realistic for right. like a camp sure. situation. And I'm sure the choreography was probably just as good and hard to learn, et cetera. But yeah. it just like didn't look all that good um, or put together or rehearsed. I don't know. It just, yeah. in comparison. No, that's that's the main problem is like High School Musical is a musical. So it's yes. like the songs are taking place like within the plot yes. for the most part, other than like the ones that are actually in the, like on stage. But like Camp Rock, everything's on a stage. Like almost <laughs> everything is a performance. So people are just sitting there watching someone sing <laughs> as opposed to like actually like it being part of the plot. Camp so, Rock yeah. makes High School Musical look like a Baz Luhrmann production. <laughs> You're actually, right. though. You're right. It does. Sorry. In your guys' opinion, what has aged the best and the worst? We have to talk about the fashion. I know we talked about this in High School Musical, but the Jonas Brothers fashion in this movie is so utterly offensive. There's one, the, first of all, the hair in general. I don't know whether it's, <laughs> the I don't know whether it's wigs. I don't know if it's extensions. Do you, what do we think? What percentage of like of wigs? There's a lot ironing going on. That's yes. what I was going to say. I think they all just have really naturally curly hair, so it's natural, but then they, they've straightened right. it. Within an so inch Nick, of its life. Yeah. So Nick has his natural curls, which actually look great. He should grow his hair yeah. back out because I thought uh-huh. that the curls looked great. Maybe I'm just yeah. biased these days. No, no, no. However, yeah. So do you think Joe and, and Kevin actually had their real hair and that was just like flat ironed within an inch of its life? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so unfortunate. <laughs> oh, it's no. like over-processed hair. Definitely. Yes. It's awful. But then the sideburns are still curly because you can't obviously flat iron sideburns. So oh. that was like their natural hair. Really bad. Joe yeah. also just had like these caterpillar eyebrows, which like <laughs> I get like had strong brows are like relatively attractive. And like, yeah. I think that if he'd like plucked them a little bit, it would have been sure. better. Maybe just like a trim. There's yeah. just one outfit that he wears in this movie that I have to highlight, <laughs> which is for some reason he's teaching choreography, which I'm like, I... I don't think that's something that Joe Jonas knows a lot about, but in the plot of the movie, he's teaching a dance class and he's in these jeans and I know skinny jeans were in and that's fine, but they're these white jeans where like they're baggy around his butt. Yes. But then the legs are really skinny and they're the most 
unflattering. And he's wearing them with like a striped shirt that's also really unflattering. And I was like, this is the worst I've ever seen him look ever. It was literally ever. And also he, you can tell in this film in Camp Rock that he is clearly flushed. I don't know if he's just exhausted. I don't know if he's like a fellow sweaty person like myself, (laughs) but in all of these outfits and they're all, like you said, they're like long pants and then like layered shirts with jackets on and he's got the flat iron hair and it's kind of long too. So that adds to the the heat. He is clearly flushed in most of these (laughs) outfits and I just can't help but notice his red little face just because... as a sweaty person, you know, yeah. I get it. Judge One of your own. gets the short end of the stick in this movie. Amelia, I know you had a lot of problems with his acting Ugh. ability as well. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, but this was a tragic attempt at acting. He was trying to be like a diva-esque pop star. And he was like, oh my God. It's like so famous. And like, I hate this. And it's just like, what are you? This is embarrassing. This is not even, you're not even like, trying but you kind of are but you're really not you're just really bad at acting and then he would like quote-unquote play guitar (laughs) I don't think that was him I don't think he could play guitar perhaps not (laughs) not to pile on Joe Jonas just really hard right now but I think just the last thing that aged really poorly is that type of singing the Jonas brother like yeah like boy band kind of like really like I don't even know it's high pitch exaggerated it's like really like throaty kind of I feel runs boy bands One Direction has not like that was like a completely different type of vocals what they did like maybe towards the end Kate you could probably say more to that but the Jonas Brother era singing I just feel like doesn't work now and watching him sing like that is actually very cringeworthy the one thing that is aged okay to their credit is that Joe Jonas of course like Amelia said is playing the like diva pop star whatever but They actually, as a group, never really went too far south, never really turned into like, this didn't end up being a parody of who they actually became. Yeah. Because they weren't that famous. They were famous at this point, but like, they really like continued to blow up over the next couple years. And they never did like stints in rehab or became like these really notable asshole guys. Like the worst thing that they did was lose their virginity. And like, that (laughs) was pretty much the darkest mark on their like whole youth's career, which is kind of impressive. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of lot of bad stuff is age, but I guess that's like the one highlight is they didn't turn out to be absolutely terrible men. I guess. That's true. And also, like, looking at how successful they've been lately, like, with their comeback. Yeah. It was kind of fun for me to look back, like, when they were first, like, I know we're, like, not huge Jonas Brothers fans on this podcast, (laughs) but I have, like, some of their recent songs. And they all have, like, very successful relationships. And it was kind of fun to look back and be like, oh, Yeah. They were so, so, they weren't cute, but, like, in theory, they were cute. The hair wasn't cute. (laughs) Who are your guys' MVPs? Liz already kind of stole mine, but I had Demi Lovato. She's not a great actress, but she committed. She's super cute. She's super earnest. And she sings so well. Her voice Mm -hmm. is so good. And she just like just grins her way through this movie. She's very likable. Yes. She is very likable. Um, I'm going to just say Allison Stoner because she can dance. And I've just loved watching her, I guess, grow up through the years. And she also has the best line of the movie. Um, This happens when, spoiler alert, Mitchie is revealed to be the cook's daughter and her whole plot of being the daughter of some like exec falls apart and Allison Stoner's character catches her and she says, oh, this is rich. 
but you're not. Which, <laughs> damn. Wow. Zing. Wow. Yes, that one burnt. I also want to give her credit uh, for putting context behind one of my favorite TikTok trends. I don't know if you guys are this deep in the app, but <laughs> have you guys seen the videos where it's actually the part of the movie where Allison Stoner is like, you know, a little bebopping on her keyboard, Ooh, yes, yes. laptop, whatever it is, making this weird techno garage band type sound. And then Demi Lovato turns and she goes, she's really good. <laughs> that sound has been clipped and put on TikTok everywhere to describe so many different things. Like your mom is like, or you say to your mom, like, I'm depressed. And your mom is like, no, you're not. And then you turn and you're like, she's really good. <laughs> it's kind of just like a joke to say it. But I never knew where that came from. And when I heard it, I was like, maybe doing other work. And then I turned was like, what the hell? I was so excited. I had never heard it in the wild before. It was just perfect. So thank Love you it. for that. Camp Rock. Send us your Camp Rock TikToks. Yeah, please, please. Um, and then wrapping up this category, let's go through best and worst musical number. So Kate, go first. Okay, we just have to get it out of the way. This is me from Camp Rock. It's just an all-time great song. <laughs> yes. It is legitimately good. Demi Lovato is great. I, again, have not seen this movie in a long time, but I've watched this clip, like, whenever it comes up on Twitter because people talk about it all the time because it's a great <laughs> song. And even, like, the mashup part where, like, Joe comes in and starts singing his little song about, like, finding you. Mm-hmm. Just great stuff. Agreed. It's catchy, yeah. <laughs> Wow. All right. Um, And then I wanted to say that when I was looking this up, I was like, do we think that Sophie Turner has seen Camp Rock? Uh, And it turns out she has. She has talked at length about Camp Rock and trying to get Joe to watch it with her because she was a fan before she ever married him, which actually is really cute. Mm -hmm. Um, But he refuses to watch it with her. And she said that Play My Music is her favorite song from the movie, which like, okay, Sophie, it's the song (laughs) where the Jonas Brothers all play together. And like, it's just a Jonas Brothers song. So I'm like, okay, so you're just a Jonas Brothers fan, which I guess checks out. But I also, again, shout out to one other song. Hasta La Vista, which is like at the end of the year showcase. <laughs> um, it was, I think, maybe the most like high school musical-esque in terms of like showy staging. They had like trampolines on stage and everyone was like dancing and the production value for that one was top notch. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out quickly to the most ex- unexpected musical number. Uh, was not, I did not see this coming at all. Same thing, it's the big showcase, blah, blah. And one of Tess Tyler's minions, her name is Peggy, she just busts out out of left field. It's like Alanis Morissette type jam, (gasps) just repeating like, here I am a million times on the guitar. And it was just absolutely unexpected. No other song sounds like that in the entire movie. Didn't even know they knew about that as a genre. It was just, (laughs) Very interesting. And she ends up winning the whole talent show because of that song. Yeah, so she way should. to go. That was Peggy. a good twist, too. Yes, a it good was. Twist. Uh, next week, we'll be back with the second movie. So I know we're all so excited for that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, but on the topic of camp and stuff, it got us all thinking a lot about like camp as a whole and our experiences, etc. So for the last category, Tea Time's most unanswerable question, we're doing camp edition. Kate, what's your camp question? Let's actually start with yours because I think mine ties into my reaction (laughs) and my answer to your question. Okay. My question, broadly, is camp as a concept good or bad? Because we can all go around and say, like, what kind of camp? I did theater camp, much like this camp rock, but it was not sleepaway, thank God. (laughs) And then I also did soccer camp, but that's much less fun to talk about. What kind of camps did you guys go to? I remember we weren't camp people. 
Um, mm. I hate being outside and I hate forced group bonding. So camp <laughs> for me is just like a no on any possible Aww. metric. Mm-hmm. Um, but my sister and I went to a Girl Scout, a sleepaway Girl Scout camp that was just like extremely traumatic for both of us. We hated it a lot. I texted her about it because I was like, what was our worst camp experience for this podcast? And she hit me back with like a list of like eight things. <laughs> Um, she was like, the daddy long legs were everywhere. There were more daddy long legs than campers and they were just everywhere, which I do remember that. And then we also like had a counselor named Porkchop who was just like this mysterious what? figure. Wow. Um, <laughs> we also, I think, went to like a Bible camp at some point, but I could be just, mm, just yes. misremembering that. That might've been like a daily thing. <laughs> um, I just have, I truly think I've just hated every camp experience I've ever had. It is so not oh. for me. It's weird. It's polarizing. People either really thrive at camp and are is like a camp person. They have these lifelong friendships. They yeah. still keep in touch. <laughs> Juliet <They> Littman. <laughs> they go for decades. Or people have really terrible experiences. There's no in between. I don't get it. Amelia, yeah. did you ever go to camp? I did. I went to several camps. I did go to a vacation Bible school camp when I was younger. But I also went to several like YMCA out in the wilderness. We had to like forage for crap I don't remember but um Mm -hmm. and it was like overnight and I actually got heat exhaustion from a canoeing trip and I had like hallucinations and stuff it was wild yeah and I was I think I was like 12 at the time or something I was really young um so definitely have had the camp experience which (laughs) I actually enjoy and it was and I am not super close to any of my camp friends so that probably says more about me than it does about camp but um I had a good time. I don't know. I mean, it was just like one of those experiences you have uh, when you're younger. uh, Or, well, some of us have, I guess. And, you know, it was like, okay, fun. Yeah, camp. And then also my parents made me go to Korean culture camp um, Mm -hmm. to learn about my Korean heritage. So, which was, uh, I wouldn't say it was traumatic for me, but it was definitely... You know, it's just like, oh, wow, there's a lot to learn about Korea. Okay. And uh, I do remember this one time, which I, I think I was way too old to be peeing in my pants, but I accidentally peed in my pants. And um, I don't know. I don't, it, I was probably like eight or something at the time. Oh, that's and, not so bad. Okay. Well, uh, yikes. Um, and, <laughs> Um, and I don't know why I pee- I don't remember why I peed in my pants, but I peed in my pants and my but thankfully that day we were doing water balloon stuff. So I just uh, played it off as like it was a water balloon mishap on my butt. And so my friend Smart. came up behind me and was like, oh, my God, someone got you on the butt. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that's, exactly <laughs> that's perfect. That's literally the perfect escape. Yeah. God was looking down upon you that day and decided <laughs> really? to throw you a fucking bone. Exactly. That does not happen. I know. It was wild. Wow. So. Thank you. I think you yeah. Instagrammed that yourself at that camp recently, right? You did. I think it was yes. really funny. Yes. You looking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, theater camp was most. It, I mean, looking back, obviously, I can't believe I did any of the things that I did. Which is like, I can't sing literally to save my life, but they just give you full solos to sing in front of a room <laughs> full of parents and friends, and you just have to muscle your way through it, oh. and that's just like part of the experience. And I'm not very good at choreography. It just looking back, it really stresses me out. And I still have, I still wake up from stress dreams being like, I'm on stage and like, I don't know my lines and I just am standing there in front of an audience. I don't know what that means. I'll think about that later. But yeah, I still have camp, like theater camp stress dreams. Wow. I'm firmly anti-camp, but I'm glad that- um... (laughs) Guys, send us good camp stories, please. Let camp believe in the concept. Um, Yeah, we'll be back with more camp talk next week for Camp Rock Part 2. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. You know, this was a bizarre episode. Thank you, Kaya, as always, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. <laughs>